Welcome to Racing Nashville. I'm Bucky. Juice box. Oh boy. And on this week's episode, we have a follow-up to uh, Juicebox, if I'm not mistaken, our most downloaded or listened to episode so far. Um, it was until very recently, and some of our new episodes have actually surpassed it. Okay. Hell yeah. So, so back in June... So thank you to new listeners. Yeah, yes. thank you. Listenership is growing out there, and uh, that's exactly what you want. From a, you know, made from scratch podcast. But anyway, back in June, we recorded an episode called Tinfoil Hat Time. It was our 13th episode of Raising Nashville. And we uh, really enjoyed recording that. And it got a big pop right off the beginning. Because, and, and I didn't know this, but apparently there are a lot of people out there that are really into conspiracies. Oh, man. You didn't know that? I didn't. I, I maybe I'm living under a rock, but I just didn't think it was like something that that people were really into. Okay. I, I re- <laughs> yeah. the th- I don't know how you get around. <laughs> Even after we recorded that episode, you weren't like no, more after, intrigued by it. After I definitely was, but when you guys brought to me that topic and said I need you to look up a conspiracy. And then, you know, we're going to do a podcast on it. So I just started Googling conspiracies. And it turns out, <laughs> from episode 13, I might have come up with the best conspiracy. In well, you, the... did, you didn't come up with it. but I didn't right. come up with it. But I, I, um, I sold it to you guys. You did. Which was the infamous uh, fact that the Titanic never sunk. And if you don't believe that, go back to episode 13 of Raising Nashville Podcast. I bet I can change your mind. It's, yeah. a, conv- it's a convincing argument. I enjoyed your your conspiracy that so with that being said we are back for tinfoil hat time two and we want to get into some new conspiracies because it is about to be 2020 and we are excited so a lot of people have traditions for new years and our traditions are diving into new conspiracies apparently (laughs) Um, start the new year's off right yeah you want to learn something new and in fact the conspiracy i researched this week i learned a lot from but i hear that old boy has one that's going to top it so we want to kick the episode off with him and what he wants to dive into in, in regards to his conspiracy yep and mine is there is no australia what can prove it <laughs> what? <laughs> what does that even mean have you ever been <laughs> I, many people have never been to australia there it's are many people real <laughs> okay where do australian accents come from then england <laughs> All right, get into it because I do not believe you. That's not my that's not my conspiracy, but I recently heard that that is a conspiracy. So I can't wait to uh, jump down that hole. Thank God, because right. I was about to get in a mad argument with you. My conspiracy, and it's Christmas related, is the elf on the shelf is really a tool designed to teach and instruct uh, kids to be more comfortable with surveillance. Oh, police shit. states. Okay. Damn. So, and and I'm, do, ar- I'm already convinced. <laughs> right. Like it's a pretty good like it's a pretty good argument. So, what these wholesome dolls that we use every year to uh keep our kids aware that you know Santa has this little guy who's always watching for him, making sure you're not going to be naughty and santa the dictator oh no no just keep going you're doing a great job <laughs> check to see if you're gonna be nice right that have gone viral 
from the things that their parents are placing them, you know, in these little scenes to sure. make it look cute and quirky and sure, sure, creative, sure. Uh-huh. you're telling me that that is a ploy by the government to train our children to be pe- more that, 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 to be okay with people watching them and to to be under constant surveillance okay. and and to to be accepting and no. complacent with constant surveillance. Think about it. You just said. Listen to what you just said. Dude, that that, man, that is that is very scary. There are teddy nanny cams out there all the time. And right. But, also no, scary. but your parents are not telling you that there's a camera in that teddy bear because they don't want you to know you're being surveilled. Right. Yeah. So uh-huh. how is an elf on a shelf, which is a doll that right. is magically is somewhere else in the room the next morning? All right, Bucky. I'm not saying the I'm not saying the elf on the shelf is real surveillance. So you could, <laughs> yeah. You sound that like, you sound like you did something bad in front of one, and now you're like it's. But now you got to try to hack it. Yeah, you're like it's not real. <laughs> I might no, have. I, I it's not real. And that and that's the whole point. Like it's a toy. So the story all that's right. conditioning them to be surveilled all the time. There's and always somebody watching you. There's always something watching you. Right. It's Big Brother. Right. Then wouldn't every one of your stuffed animals be considered that? No, no, because you don't train them that way. You don't tell them that this elf is what like this stuffed animal is watching you all the time. It's like. So back in 2005, this book and this toy was created, Elf on the Shelf, by two teachers or something. So I'm, I'm, and I'm not discrediting them. I think it's a great business idea and this and that. But I'd like to know a little bit about their background, though. Yeah, um, and it's an amazing business idea. Yeah, they they really capitalize on that. So, um, and and I think one of their daughters was a, a marketing student, so they jumped into it. So beyond that, though, to the conspiracy aspect of it. The story of the elf on the shelf is that, um, all right, so you have this elf, you have this entity that is in your house now, right? And it instructs parents to hide it around the house each day. And you teach the child that they cannot touch the elf. That's one of the rules in the book, in the story. Okay. Some some parents adopt different things. They're like, it's a toy. You do whatever you want with it. But the message is, is that the elf is constantly watching you. And we'll we'll run back and tell Santa, the man, the boss, if you've been bad or good. So you are teaching your child that you are under surveillance. That sounds like you're teaching your your child how to uh, encounter a supervisor in life. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, that's it. So a, a lot of people have have uh, have compared this to an 18th century um, philosophical prison, which is called a panoptic. I, I'm not going to be it able to. It sounds right. Sure. It's a prison. Basically, it's a prison structure where there's cells. It's like a circle, and there's cells all the way around the outside, and there's a central tower in the middle with a single guard. And the and the the theory is, is that while we know physically a guard couldn't watch everybody all the time to know if, if the prisoners are acting up, but the prisoners don't know, so it should influence them to be on their best behavior. Okay. See what I mean? So in a, in a way, they're saying that this this is a panoptic uh, device because Damn. because the doll theoretically, you know, it's magic. It can wa- it can be anywhere and be watching you, and it's it's creepy. I mean, mine looks naughty as fuck anyway. It's got you know, he's got his little eyes. Yeah, and like, those those eyes. There's something wrong with the eyes. Yeah, he's smiling too much. So I'm like, man, I don't know. I think he's naughty. That's my message. I'm like, I think the 
I think the surveillance doll's naughty, dude. It's when insane. you texted me the other day that this was going to be your conspiracy, I was like, oh, man, Elf on the Shelf. I can't wait to start doing that with my kids. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was your that, response. Yeah. And right. now I'm like, no. Creeped out by it? Oh, yeah. Me too. And it and it is fun because, man, my kid wakes up and she's like, where's Elf? So you get to name it too. Mm-hmm. And ours is Elfie. My kid's pretty imaginative. <laughs> so she's like, Elfie, where's Elfie? And we, you know, my wife's been really good about doing some stuff. And uh, I, I was real strong on it last year and then i realized that you know it's nsa so um now real quick i do want to point out something i want to kind of also debunk my own conspiracy theory a little bit because i feel like you guys know i'm anti-santa right you're pretty much anti a lot of things a lot of things do you think christmas is one of them one of them no 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 not christmas just santa like because there's a whole lie that you have to participate in and i just we know your santa beliefs so just dishonest i I hate that so but the thing is if you really think about santa claus besides his dictatorship uh which juice box brought up in an earlier episode (laughs) the something else a little off about santa is that um if you take the elf on the shelf out of it he's always known if you know he knows when you've been sleeping he knows when you're You're awake. awake And I mean, you know, he he's already surveillance, right? And now they've just put a face with it, and his name's Elfie. <laughs> so well, it's always been there. God, Santa's okay. Santa's. So first, uh, first conspiracy on the board, which we're. Uh, I convinced Juice Box. What about you? You did not convince me. It would have been even more convincing if you told me that there was like a tracker in every elf on a shelf. You got a. I mean, Amazon Echo. Well be. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, I do. I, I understand how technology works. And <laughs> <laughs> you got a phone? Before we wrap the Elf on the Shelf up, I quickly abandoned Elf on the Shelf after about, I don't know, 14, 15 days. Um, <laughs> you got it is, doing it. It is difficult. Um, for those of you out there that have not done Elf on the Shelf and you have not been swayed by Old Boy today to never do it ever, if you still want to bring your kids magic and joy, um, it's not easy. <laughs> I think, <laughs> fuck. I think no. I think it's fun, and I think it's probably innocent. I really don't, in my heart of hearts, don't believe it's it's sinister. I think your Amazon Echoes and your phones and and Google, you know, Hello Google and or Google whatever it is. That is so crazy. All right, so um, my conspiracy for this week's episode. Uh, I was thinking about it pretty hard because I thought, you know, before we did the first uh, conspiracy theory episode, episode 13, um, I didn't know very much about conspiracies. I never followed them or anything like that. And I feel like I hit a home run with this Titanic and my first shot at it ever. So I said, I can't do that again and convince you guys something, you know. So what I wanted to do, I, I dove into the sports world for my conspiracy because I was just looking up random ones and what came in uh, I can tell you real quick, what came in second is the 1984 Pepsi 400 uh, NASCAR race. Oh, that, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what that is? That's a, that's a video game you had in college. No, it's not. It's not. But 84 NASCAR race, uh, Richard Petty wins his 200th race while the first sitting president was ever uh, at a NASCAR race. And his rival just ducks off the track right before he wins a race. I mean, it's it's pretty. It goes in depth. But is not, that more of a conspiracy than Dale Earnhardt Jr. winning that race after uh, his dad died the year before? 
I don't think so. I mean, I think it's the mm. same thing. But what intrigued me more is considerably one of the best sports conspiracies ever out there. And it is titled, you can find this out there, Google it, uh, The Frozen Envelope. And this all revolves around the 1985 NBA draft and how the NBA draft is rigged so that the New York Knicks would get the number one pick, which was Patrick Ewing. Um, arguably the greatest uh, decorated basketball player coming out of college ever, even more than Michael Jordan, who came out the year before and he was a rookie during this 85 NBA draft. But Patrick Ewing was a three-time first-team All-American. He won the NCAA championship in 1984 with Georgetown. He went three straight times. Uh, He was two-time Big East Player of the Year and 1985 NCAA Player of the Year. Uh, They said, again, most recognized athlete ever to enter a major professional sport. So in this 1985 NBA draft, David Stern, who was up until Adam Adam Silver, he was a longtime commissioner in the NBA. Mm -hmm. Um, He became commissioner in 1984. So this was his very first draft ever. And prior to this year... Um, the, the way the draft work, worked was the lowest two teams in the NBA who had the worst records flipped a coin to see who got the number one draft pick. And the loser got the number two draft pick. So basically, teams were just tanking to get this coin flip, right? Yeah. So David Stern, in order to make a you know splash into the NBA, it's his first year as commissioner, he develops the first lottery ever in the NBA, which means the bottom seven teams all had a very equal chance. In fact, it was... Um, I think it was 14. Everybody had a 14.3% chance out of all seven of these teams to get the number one pick. Not only that, David Stern wanted to make an even bigger splash by putting this on TV, which had never, ever been done before. So, Because before it was just a coin flip. It was just a coin flip behind closed doors. I bet there was a lot of money that influenced that, right. right? So anyway, in 1985, to get ready for this NBA draft lottery, and, and let me back up just for a second. This is going to be a great stat for you guys. The reason David Stern created this live NBA draft and the lottery was to cover something up that was going on in the NBA at the time. And the major headlines that were going on during 1980 to 1984 were... 40 to 75 percent of NBA players were on cocaine. And like literally, it was was the 80s. It was the 80s. It was an ongoing four year story that NBA, like they were losing viewership. They were losing people going to games. Nobody cared anymore. Then Michael Jordan was supposed to bring that back. But then everybody saw the opportunity for Patrick Ewing. So they hadn't won a title since 1973. You know, they were New York was fed up. They needed to bring somebody big, and there was no second place to Patrick Ewing in that draft. You, when you went number one, you knew who you were getting, and everybody else was light years behind this guy. Right. Right. Yeah, I can buy that. All right. So David Stern. Let let me let me tell you this. David Stern is from New York. He is probably currently getting pressure from NBA (laughs) marketing agencies to that the fact that. 
the biggest market in sports needs the biggest athlete to ever come out of college, right? Oh, right. It's just a match made in heaven. So this lottery happens live on TV, and it is absolutely crazy. There are envelopes. First time they've done envelopes instead of ping pong balls, which would make more sense. Sure. But um, the reason they didn't do ping pong balls is because they had a meeting like a week before saying one was going to fall out, and they were going to look like assholes on TV. And they had, it had to go <laughs> right, perfect. Right. So you put these big white envelopes hard in this. To, hard to fake a ping pong ball i get it yeah so they put these big white envelopes in this big um what, what's it called one of those things that turns like a shuffler oh oh i got it written down here it's called a hopper a hopper is something you put okay. things in and you turn it around and shuffle okay. things up so he puts these like these envelopes would be put in this hopper he spins it up he reaches down and he grabs one he pulls it out it's the new york knicks and since that very moment there have been conspiracies on how he picked the knicks when they had a one out of seven chance. I mean, this could be, I mean, it could have happened, you know, straight out of luck. But right. there are a lot of people who don't think that's true. So that's why this is called the frozen envelope. The conspiracy goes that they froze the envelope because paper is one of the only, um, whatever materials. Uh, materials that it looks the exact same it doesn't change color when being frozen so they're saying that when they put the envelopes in there the next one was frozen and when david stern reached in to grab that envelope he, he felt that he huh. grabbed the cold one yeah here's where it gets even crazier he's a huge knicks fan <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure he was a huge knicks fan um gets even crazier as many of these lotteries go these days, they're hired by accounting firms, right? Accounting firms take care of the lottery, especially in the Academy Awards. You know, they always name the accounting firm that holds the keys to the envelope with the winner's name in it or whatever, mm -hmm. right? So this was one of the first years an accounting firm hand handled the first lottery. Um, an accounting firm called Ernst & Winnie handled that lottery. They okay. brought the envelopes out. They placed them in the hopper for David Stern to draw out. Hell yeah. Here's where it gets even crazier. Ernst & Winnie is the accounting firm uh, at the time for Gulf & Western. Gulf & Western <laughs> is, a, is a major company who fucking owns the New York Knicks. So accounting mm, firm for um, one of the biggest um. companies in the world that owns a basketball team in New York is handling this drawing. There's videos out there that you can watch of this actual drawing. There's a second theory that says... <laughs> it's a fucking steam rolling off the envelope. No, oh, yeah. This, so it's not. That's what... It doesn't... There was something about that, too, to where uh, they, they said that they put it in dry ice. Because there's no there's, moisture or something yeah. within the paper, maybe? Hmm. So the second theory is if you watch the video, and we'll post this on our, our uh, Instagram, but if you watch the video, the New York Knicks are in the fourth envelope that is put into the hopper. That fourth envelope is the only one that's not carefully placed and actually thrown against the bar in the middle of the hopper so it possibly would have bent the side so that David Stern knew which one to grab. There's a third theory out there that the glasses he was wearing in that video were x-ray. Um, I'm not into that. <laughs> okay, all right. I thought you where this is going. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to say after he picked it up, he blew on his fingers. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, ooh. No, but if you watch the video, the way he turns the envelopes and fills around, I mean, it is kind of blatant. No one has ever come out in, that was involved in any of that and said anything to the contrary. Okay, can we could we pause and watch it? I, I can't I can't imagine it's very long. Can we just pause it and watch it real quick? Sure. All right, so we're back and we just watched the video. Okay. Um, was I right? 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it did look suspect. But I, it could also be people have overanalyzed something way too much, which is most of uh, conspiracy theories. Yeah. You guys should watch that video. Um, before we end the frozen envelope, I wanted to uh, mention some of the notable draft picks that year. Okay. Um, Patrick Ewing went overall number one. He became an 11-time All-Star, NBA Rookie of the Year. He was on the all-time team, and his jersey's been retired by the New York Knicks. He was a fucking baller. He yeah. took them to 11 straight playoffs after he was drafted. Yeah. Um, so the Knicks were really relevant under him. They just never won. A, never won that championship. They didn't. I mean, they went to the conference title in 94 and 99. That's twice. Um, and they won their division in 89, 93, and 94 with Ewing. And that's not that much. I mean, you didn't win. Yeah. Um, and you well, cheated. He was unfortunate enough to play in the same division as Michael Jordan. So that's it. That's the, the frozen envelope. It's interesting. I, I like it. All right. So anyway, I'm going to take it in a different direction than uh, sports conspiracies. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So you guys know how like people get discouraged when they're voting. Sometimes they're like... It feels like every candidate is the same. They're all really just like saying the same thing, but just in a slightly different way. I don't want to vote for any of them. Sure. There's a lot in this election currently on the Democratic side. Right. So there may be something behind that, according to some people. There is apparently has been a reptilian race that has infiltrated the human race or possibly even helped create the human race for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. And they are, they have infiltrated the highest levels of our society. And there are presidents, there are queens, kings, anybody that's famous. They're actors, they're. Um, Basically, the plot of Men in Black. Yeah, kind of. I guess Men in Black maybe got their idea from this. Okay. So, tell they, me more. Reptilian figures have been around since, like, the, I mean, they're kind of referenced in the Bible. You know, if you think about it, like. Adam talked to a serpent. You know, mm-hmm. that could be obviously like a lizard person or something sure. like that if you really want to go, like stretch it. Right. But anyway, like there's a dude named uh, David Icke that was uh, really popularized this in, uh, I think, the 80s, I guess. And he was like a conspiracy theorist. And he was like really just pumped all his resources and all his brain energy into figuring this out. Oh, yeah. So his theory is, or the theory is, there's an, a reptilian race called the Anunnaki mm-hmm. who have been controlling what's going on with Earth and been inter- like mating with Earth people or splicing their DNA and making half reptilian, half humans for thousands of years. And these people are the people that really control society. Like so the movie you, Species? Yeah, I guess kind of. Yeah, I'd have to rewatch that. I there's only one thing I've pulled from that movie. But um <laughs> I bet you pulled something from that movie. Well. <laughs> you do exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> All right, I I really get off on reptile reptile people. Okay, so you're going to be into this because apparently like um some of the celebrities that are the, that are allegedly um, reptilian people are Angelina Jolie and Clearly. Brad Pitt. Oh, yeah. Uh, Both they, of them? Yeah. yeah. They also call out Bob Hope, which I okay. think is a funny one. <laughs> this is so, like Men in Black. So this conspiracy has been around for a while. One of the proof they have 
is that uh, Barack Obama and George W. Bush are like distant cousins, and they're both believed to be like reptilian people. Mm, the okay. An- Anunnaki. David Icke is a maniac. But I, I, I yeah, I, and I've I'm heard. not doing this justice because I mean, there's so much information. Like I couldn't really pull it. I couldn't pull it all. There's so much stuff. But basically, like the whole, the whole overarching theory is that these people control our society. And they feed off negative energy, and that's why, like, society is always, like, there's always some kind of turmoil or something going on. They're, like, manufacturing these conflicts so they can feed off this negative energy. Yeah. So so Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt are feeding off negative energy, making movies to create more negative energy? No, that's just how they make a living. Yeah, I, I don't. They're like part of uh, the entertainment side, I guess, or something. I guess they're not control, or maybe they are is helping like control a, society. Or is it like a, a, a Scientology type thing? Yeah, I know. Just in a whole crazier level. Yes, I don't. I don't uh, Does Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt know they're reptilian people? Like I, they say, I'm a reptile. Well, that's an interesting thing. You bring that up. There is theory that you could be a partial reptile person and not know you actually are. I bet, old boy, you are definitely half Shit. reptile, or at least a quarter. Eighty percent. Here's the thing. Like another big thing is like these people believe that the moon is not actually the moon. It's actually a spaceship, and it's hollow. And the reptilian people live on the inside, and they're blasting the earth with some kind of like brainwashing ray to kind of help us like or to uh, blind us to their existence basically yeah. so in that sense it's like i feel like the people that came up with that saw the matrix and kind of came up with it because there's people that are like can can become woke i guess like they start to learn the truth and then they can see the reptilians and then the rays don't work on them as well or something what's that movie with uh, roddy rod piper they live they live yes that's I mean, kind of like that <laughs> yeah you've not you've seen that right i have not and you call yourself a wrestling fan is it a wrestling themed movie they wrestle aliens they, they do not if so i'm going home and watching it right now <laughs> so yeah they're and we're at, at, at we're mammals, right? And there's something about reptiles and mammals. I remember um, that they're they're dominant over us, and yeah, they they control. They've been controlling our history and forever. That's supposedly. what they. Well, there seems to be some kind of. Um, Why wouldn't I have ever seen this? Because you're brainwashed by the rays that are coming from the inside of the moon. Yeah, dude. So if I encounter a reptile person, would they have like webbed feet? And they're just no, always they're, wearing they're, shoes. They're shapeshifters. I'm sorry, I forgot to mention that. They're shapeshifters. Yeah. Oh. So they're like, I guess, kind of like chameleons, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. So you don't see them unless you're becoming woke. Uh, you ever you ever meet somebody like for the first time and you're like, mm, I don't know, man. A lot of people. Right, and you're just immediately turned off, and you're so like, so everybody's reptilian people. No, <laughs> it's not reptilian. <laughs> they're like, what is that? They're like from <laughs> rep. Reptitally. It just sounds better. <laughs> um, one thing I was going to say, too, is um, there's like some uh, debate on where they actually come from. If they're aliens or if they're like from a different dimension, people can't really seem to get on the same page about that. But one thing they do speculate is that they originally visited Earth 200,000 years ago and did some kind of, uh, you know, DNA mixing with whatever primitive humans there were then to get us to a certain point and then came back later and then came back later. So it's like the classic alien interfering with human race conspiracy. Yeah. 
Gotcha. It sounds like they were part of evolution. Yeah. They were just, uh, they just dropped in every once in a while, made sure we were on the right track. Make a few tweaks. Yep. You know, yeah, throw something some, like that. Eat some negative energy, come back. It's, 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 it's interesting. I have to say, I don't believe. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a crazy conspiracy. It's not like, um, you know, you guys both presented believable cases. This is something that's a little more out there, but it also is a little more entertaining to read about because it goes like, it's a spider web of crazy shit out there. Do you think Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie talk about that they're reptilian and tell people? Or do you think they're like, man, we can't tell anybody. Well, that's the thing. You can catch them on a nanny cam. They may not even know. Like, that's the thing. They may be like these reptilian people that are, they're being controlled or help, oh. you know, and they're popular and they're helping brainwash the masses. Like that, mm. that's basically what it is. Uh, that people speculate that, uh, Beyonce is a reptilian. Clearly. I can't remember about Jay-Z, but nah. I can see Tarantino being reptilian. Or at least like a reptilian trainer. <laughs> it's a reptilian trainer? Yeah, that's what he's doing with his movies. Okay. You could probably get on like Reddit and, I could and just make start your own that. chapter. Oh, yeah. I could yeah. just start that. Yeah. yeah. But no, it's pretty crazy. I just recommend, you know, like I said, I just kind of scratched the surface of talking about it. Like there's so much stuff. We could have talked. We could have done a whole episode about this craziness. Oh, yeah. The fact that, yeah, everybody in, in power is a reptile, basically. Yeah. And and I, and and I'm glad you brought up the negative energy because stuff like this, I'm I'm always asking. Okay, like so, but what's the end game? Like, what's the point? Why right. were they? Why would they want to control us? So if that's what they're doing is negative energy eating, I guess. So like, if I'm in, all right, let's say I'm a reptile, right? Like, okay. you know, I got to fucking travel to the moon to go home, and then I got to blast this negative energy. Why don't you just come out and say, "Listen, you fucking mammals, I'm ruling this shit." And that's probably going to create some negative energy on its own, right? Yeah, but then there would be a revolt. I mean, now we're just like sheep. You know, we're sheep generating negative energy. I got you. It's easy to control. It's easy to control. Okay, so, and it's just we're a food source of negative energy. Yeah, Okay. I got exactly. you. It's okay. kind of like the Matrix or like any other sci-fi thing. Shit, we need to get on some happy stuff. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I didn't no. Maybe I shouldn't have gone last. I think it was no, a great ending. This is positive. <laughs> I'm going to fight these reptiles with happiness. Did y'all have any like runners-up you were looking at uh, as far as the the conspiracy you were going to cover this week? I was gonna. I was thinking about covering the fact that there's no Australia. <laughs> we covered that. There's definitely Australia. I Prove did I, My initial conspiracy that I was going to bring up was uh, about flat earthers because it's so popular. And how I am halfway oh. in between. Okay. I'm, I'm halfway between flat and round earth. You're an oval Dude. earth. No, I'm a three-quarter earther. You're you're a flat earther who's ready to fall in line behind a dictator. No shit. <laughs> not, though. You're you, a dangerous person. I'm you not really a flat are. earther, but I can see their point. I've never... You know, every, everything <laughs> seems... You could walk as far as you can go. It's still flat. <laughs> If you believe in that, you might as well believe in this reptilian shit, man. Come yeah. on. That's okay. like a global conspiracy. It's now, a joke. I can just see how they think that. I obviously don't think the world It doesn't sound is- like a joke. <laughs> yeah. Because I've only been on one continent. Uh, up and down. That's it. Well, then, so you believe there is no Australia. Well, what if it's a square Earth? And you get to one point and you just kind of go around the square, but there's a shortcut right in that square. 
I think you should start developing this theory. <laughs> I mean, you could. It's like one of those uh, clear crystal things where the little hologram is on the inside. Once you get to the corner of one of the squares of that, you can just cut cut through. I guess I would make it round at that point, but mm-hmm. the atmosphere is square. Have you all watched? That's what I'm going to start. Have you all watched that flat Earth conspiracy movie on Netflix? No, I, I haven't. I did. I watched it a while back, and it's pretty good. And it takes you into their world and what they believe, and like. It, it they're they're smart educated people they're just misguided on what they believe right um, and i don't know it's interesting well what are your favorite conspiracies out there um we want to know reach out to us on your socials and bring something up because we have so much fun doing these kind of uh the second segment of a podcast we did quite a while ago um, that we, I mean, if you bring up something interesting, we might do a third and turn it into what I love to talk about on Raising Nashville, a trilogy, oh. because it just, <laughs> it, it just, uh, creates so much love from you guys. And, you know, we can bounce back and forth on our Star Wars analogies. Yep. Yep. Send us your conspiracy theories. We'd love to look at them, research them, go down rabbit holes yes, and cover us. them. Take us there. I want to give a shout out to a couple of like conspiracy podcasts that I listen to also like where you can get some awesome shit. Um, there's a podcast called last podcast on the left. That's like great name. It's a, uh, like a comedian, a couple other people. I can't remember exactly their names. Um, this is a great <laughs> endorsement, <Yeah>. but last <laughs> podcast on the left, there's like a, a thousand episodes. You can find something that's that you're into and if you want to go down a real rabbit hole and get into this whole QAnon conspiracy thing yeah. that's been going on for the past couple of years, like we don't even want to touch on that on this podcast. Too much, like, too much, too content. much content. But there's a podcast called QAnon Anonymous that are just like going through and kind of debunking all of this crazy shit that they believe, like exposing what they believe in and then just telling you why it's just complete bullshit. I'll have to it's, check that out. It's an interesting listen. I wouldn't recommend listening to too many episodes in a row because it'll send you to a dark place that there's some crazy people out there believing some crazy shit. I've I've got one too. I listen to Time Suck. It's uh by a comedian Dan Cummins. That's a good one. Yeah, he doesn't always cover conspiracies, but his uh when he I mean he just tears them apart and it's pretty good. That's great. Well, uh always Wherever you listen to your podcast, if you don't mind going on there and rating us, liking us, uh, tell your friends to listen to Raising Nashville. Find us on our socials, Raising Nashville Podcast. Um, We really enjoy doing this every week, and and we hope you guys have a wonderful and safe and abundant 2020. Um, Happy fucking New Year. I know. I just want to say this is the end of a decade. It is. It's pretty crazy yeah, to think that. It is wild. Guys. One decade ago, I didn't even know I was going to move to Nashville. Damn. And then like six months or uh, eight months later, I did. Hell yeah. Damn, and that is crazy. We're man. happy to have you. And it's not like Y2K, though. It, it, <laughs> yeah, that was wild. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. All right. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed listening. If you don't have children, have one. Have one. Catch up. Yeah. We want you to know what we go through. Yeah. The fear. Yeah.